0: Welcome to another week of Come Follow Me, a Disciple's Journey. This week's a little different. I was out of town last week, so that's why I'm late in recording this and publishing this. Um, and because of the lateness and just life, uh, I want to just do kind of one episode to... There's just a few thoughts I really felt strongly that I wanted to share uh, with about this week's Come Follow Me. Um, so most of my thoughts are gonna be about section one thirty two. Uh, but I do wanna just briefly mention a few things from sections one thirty 130 and one thirty-one. These are slightly different sections. Um they read kind of differently than other sections. Uh they're kind of a collection of teachings from from the prophet Joseph. Um and so they're just like kind of they don't necessarily flow all the way through. Um and they kind of read like just short, independent statements of truth in some ways. And that's because uh, that's how they were recorded. Um, And so in section 130, uh, we learn that the Father and the Son may appear personally to men. We learn that the Savior will, when he appears, we shall see him as he is. This is also taught in Moroni chapter 7. Um, This is also the section that... uh, is connected to uh, a previous section, section 81, um, excuse me, not 81, 87, um, where the prophet Joseph prophesied the um, civil war in in America. Um, In this section, he repeats this and talks about that it, will start in the state of South Carolina. He also specifically says why it will start will be the question of slavery. Um, further on in section 130, we learn that whatever principle of intelligence we attain in, unto in this life, it will rise with us in the resurrection. Um, and so we know that the more knowledge and uh, we gain, the better for us now. <clears throat> and in the future, because we'll retain that that knowledge and that glory. Um, verse 20, it says, There is a law revocably decreed in heaven before the foundations of this world upon which all blessings are predicated. And when we obtain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to the law upon which it is predicated. And people can be blessed for keeping a commandment um, and following or obeying something without being a member of Christ's church, and they can receive the blessings that's associated with that. There is a law irrevocably decreed in heaven before the foundations of this world upon which all blessings are predicated. So anytime someone receives a blessing it is because of uh, obedience to a law upon which that blessing is associated. And that's important for us to know because that means that there are also Specific blessings that we cannot achieve without obeying specific laws. Uh, as President Nelson has said, we can't wish our way in into heaven. President Oaks quoted him in his talk this last conference, um, the need for a church. And uh, in, in talking about the need for a church and the need for covenants and the priesthood, that there are these specific blessings that we can only receive by obeying specific laws, which can only be obeyed through uh, by having the proper priesthood authority. Um, section one thirty. Also, you, we learn that the father has the father and the son have a body of flesh and bones, but the spirit doesn't. There's actually three separate. From back in my uh, younger days of seminary, there are three separate uh, scripture masteries uh, scriptures in section 130, and it's uh, about gaining intelligence, and then it's the one about the, uh, the blessings and the laws being connected, and then it's about the Father uh, and the Son having a body of flesh and bone. Uh, section 131, uh, by the way, both of these are given and uh, in, in written in 1843 in spring. Um. We learn that all spirit is matter, but you can only discern some spirit by with spiritual, uh, pure eyes. And we also learn that you cannot inherit the highest degree of the celestial kingdom without uh, the new and everlasting covenant, which is eternal marriage. Which then leads into section 132, which um, is recorded in 1843, but histor- read the, as you read the chapter heading, you'll see... Or the section heading that parts of this and this principles in here had been re- revealed to the prophet Joseph f- since 1831. So it's been over 10 years that he's been thinking on these things. Um, and so as you read section 132, you're going to read about the new, new and everlasting covenant. You're going to read about eternal celestial marriage uh, between a man and a woman. Later on in this section, you're going to also learn and read about polygamy and and the Lord commanding them to practice the law of polygamy. So, that's what my thoughts have been on and I wanted to share because it's something that I don't understand, and I'll admit that. It's something that I know a lot of people don't understand. I have lots of thoughts about some things and like pieces of like, okay, here's why it could make sense, and here's this, and here's that, but I don't. I don't understand it, and I know a lot of people don't, and I know a lot of people have significant questions about it and struggle with it even, I think is maybe even an appropriate word to say. And so, as I was studying this week, and there I came across some quotes, and there's some, some thoughts that I had I wanted to share because they've been helpful to me, and I hope they might be helpful to you. Um, the first is this, that uh, and C.S. Lewis shares a similar thought, that as you come across things in Christianity that you don't understand, leave it alone if you can re- remember and rely on the fact that jesus christ is the savior of the world and have faith in him fall back on that and if there are things that are too hard to understand and you don't quite get leave it alone for the time and come back to it um and that's okay to do so that's the first thing uh the second thing is what i try to remember is That the important thing is what God says, and so well, God's you know the the commandment is, and we Jacob in the in the Book of Mormon teaches that the the law the rule is one man, one woman sealed together, husband and wife. That's the rule. But he also mentions that there are times when the Lord. Says otherwise. Well, why can the Lord say otherwise? Because He's God. Second Nephi chapter twenty nine is about the coming forth of the Book of Mormon and the people who would doubt, who would doubt the Book of Mormon because they say God has already spoken. There's other. We have the Word of God. It's over here. And so I'll read verses ten and eleven. He says, "Wherefore, because that ye have a Bible, ye need not suppose that it contains all my words. Neither need ye suppose that I have not caused more to be written." For I command all men, both in the east and in the west, and in the north and the south, and in the isles of the sea, that they shall write the words which I should speak unto them. Okay, and, it, and because I have spoken one word, ye need not suppose that I cannot speak another. He's God. That's the that's the doctrine and principle to remember and rely on when it comes to polygamy or any other th- hard thing that we have to deal with, or to answer, or that we don't that we, that we don't have an answer for. The commandment is, "Thou shalt not kill." Yet he told Nephi to cut off Laban's head. The commandment was, "Thou shalt not kill." the The promise was, "You will be the father of of nations." In fact, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of nations, and your seed will be, and your posterity will be as as as, as the stars in heaven or the sands of this uh, on in the sea but take your only son here your, your the the son that not your only son but the son that i've promised that these blessings will come through isaac take him and and sacrifice him to me the lord asks us to do hard things and they're hard oftentimes because it seems contrary to the other things that we that that we think god has told us to do sometimes that's why they're hard We don't always have to understand them, but if we can remember that God can say what he will say and he remains God, then that's what is important to remember. Um, Joseph Smith, as I mentioned, knew about at least portions of this since 1831. Now, whether or not he knew about polygamy for that long, we don't know, but we do know that he had had the commandment and the command from the Lord to practice polygamy for Longer than 1843. The Prophet Joseph described the trying mental ordeal he experienced in overcoming the repugnance of his feelings, the natural result of the force of education and social customs, relative to the introduction of plural marriage. He knew that he had not only his own prejudices and pre possessions to combat and overcome, but those of the whole Christian world stared at him in the face. But God, who is above all, had given a commandment. And he must be obeyed. Yet the prophet hesitated and deferred from time to time. I'm gonna pause here, and I'll finish this quote in a second. The prophet Joseph knew about plural marriage and had started practicing it, um, and was being sealed for eternity only to to some women, not time. So it was just eternal marriages that they so that they could be sealed and have a sealing. Because hey, look, we learned in section one thirty. One that you have to have this type of marriage to obtain the highest degree of glory. Okay, so Joseph starts doing that, thinking, "Okay, I'm 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 doing what the Lord has has commanded. This is this fulfills this." But it didn't. There were other purposes. I don't know exactly what they are, and I won't even. I have I I have my own ideas, but I'm not going to prognosticate on that. But that wasn't the whole purpose of it. And so Joseph, hoping that that had fulfilled it had kind of checked, was checking that box. Okay, I've done this. Yet the prophet hesitated and deferred from time to time and, and until an angel of God stood by him with a drawn sword and told him that unless he moved forward and established pearl marriage, his priesthood would be taken from him and he would be destroyed or cut off from God. That's what it took for Joseph to do this. It was a hard thing for him, so it's okay if it's hard thing for you. He, he had questions, but he didn't doubt God, and that's the, that's the line we have to draw. Nephi, when he first was told to cut off Laban's head, shrunk back and said, No, never at any time have I shed the blood of man. He had questions. But then the Spirit came and taught him, and he moved forward. I guarantee you that Abraham had questions when he was told to sacrifice Isaac. I guarantee you that Soraya, Sarah, had questions. Guarantee. I don't think it was like a, oh, okay, let's go do it, let's go, let's go kill our only son. But they didn't doubt God, and that's the line that we also have to draw. Final uh, quote I want to share comes from President Monson. He said. At times, the wisdom of God appears as being foolish or just too difficult. But one of the greatest and most valuable lessons we can learn in mortality is that when God speaks and a man obeys, that man will always be right. And that's really sums up the thought that I wanted to share about section 132. I don't know everything about it, and there's a lot in section 132 that I didn't cover. And in a normal week, maybe I would have. But I wanted to share these thoughts because they've been helpful to me they've been helpful helpful as i've shared them with other people but again if if they're not helpful leave it alone and the question you have to ask and know is is the book of mormon true is joseph smith a prophet if you're listening to my podcast you probably believe that you probably believe that joseph was a prophet and if you don't or if you have questions or if it's been a while since you've prayed i invite you to study the book of mormon And pray about its truthfulness. Because as you come to know that the Book of Mormon is true, you will know that Joseph Smith was a prophet. And then you don't have to understand everything. You can just remember and rely on the fact that, hey, Joseph was a prophet. He was acting in accordance with God's will. And in a coming day, I'll understand everything. Go back to what we learned in section 121, that there'll be a time and a season when we will learn and know everything and until that time comes we have faith and it's the purpose of mortality is we have to rely on faith if we knew everything we, there would be no need for faith but we can have faith in the prophets uh in in the prophet Joseph that he was called of of God not pray not faith in him but faith that he was called of God and faith in Jesus Christ so that's my thoughts thanks for listening this week best of luck in your studies and um I hope this helps you as you study, and I look forward to talking with you soon.